0: Help us to hear and to say some wonderful things that would honor you and provoke us all the faith and obedience. Thank you that you enable us to understand things that you already know about your world, your kingdom, your church, your people, about each of us individually. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want to thank God for the privilege of being here. And could I have a chair? Oh, yes. <laughs> I got you. It's not because I'm old, but I will be 81 this year. Amen. give thanks to the Lord it's been a privilege for us to be here we come for a special occasion and I will talk with you in just a little bit about that the the Apostle Paul says that uh, if I come to you I can't profit you unless I speak into you in four ways one is through knowledge one is through revelation one is through doctrine and lastly it's through prophecy he's saying if I'm to help you I have to speak to you that way Knowledge is the product of experiences that uh, we have achieved over these many years. I've been involved in ministry for over 50 years, been throughout the world and been involved in all kind of churches. So I have seen much and I do believe understand a little bit about the things of God. The second is what I call revelation. That's divine disclosure. That's when the Lord gives us understanding of his ways. One of the things that I've learned over the last couple of years is that God is consistent, but he's not predictable. He doesn't always do things the same way, and we're having to learn a lot more about the Lord, and we've been talking about that for the last couple of days since we've been here. Third, of course, is doctrine. We need to understand something about why we're here, what should we be doing. That's why I always love worship, because worship is not simply singing, not simply Pray, preaching. Worship is retelling the story. Our music and our song should retell the redemptive message. Yeah. We should know why we're here, what we should be doing, what was God's original intention, what went wrong, and how God fixed it. Wow. And that's what salvation is. It's God fix it program. Yeah, he I fixed know. it and where we are today. Yeah. And lastly is prophecy. That's not simply speaking to people. But that's the administration of the Holy Ghost. We need to understand something about that, because the kingdom of God is just not in word, but it's in power. What I've been preaching over these many years, my preaching was a little bit different. I have never given an introduction, ten points, and a closure. But I believe of the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit, there are three that help you to know, there are three that help you to speak, and there are three that help you to do. The three that help you to know word of knowledge, word of wisdom, discerning of spirits. The three that help you to speak the tongues, interpretation and prophecy. And the three that help you to do healing, miracles and faith. And I do believe that when I share out of the word of the Lord, I'm not short on writing, I've written about 18 books and uh, written over I guess maybe 500 papers. But whenever I come, I make an effort to open my heart to see what the Lord wants to have said wants to have spoken wants to have done and for that reason when i speak i touch a lot of different areas yeah. so i want you to know that because i don't want you to get frustrated with my speaking uh, when i come i've already um, encountered someone who thinks that i come to correct people that's not what i do but one of the mandates the lord gave to me at the beginning was out of titus chapter one verse five i want you to set in order the things that are warning ordain elders in every city. And that's been my mission, is to give a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom, discerning of a spirit, some insight, prophetic word. And I do believe that the gift of faith works in me. That's a divine impartation of the Lord, to believe against hope, to believe things that you think are not possible. And there's nothing that I think God cannot do. We've been here since our Friday, and this Friday we had a chance to meet And we shared a few things. One was about categories, categories. I do believe that the landscape of our life is changing, that things in our world that are changing, a lot of things have happened. The pandemic has challenged us. It's challenged our faith proposition. Of course, we learned that faith does not isolate you from challenges. You can have faith and still deal with distress and difficulty. But it challenged our concepts about God because we found out that God doesn't do things the same way all of the time. And so we talked about categories the other night. Categories, what are they? We need to know something about the people that are in our lives. We need to know the people that need us. And we need to know something about the people that feed us. The people who need us, who need our presence. We need to understand something about the laws of the kingdom of God. The laws in the kingdom Pastor Benjamin was telling me about prophetic words that's been given to this church. And one of the crises of prophecy is understanding how do you take a promise of God and integrate it into your lives? Yeah. Many times we've heard promises of God. God has spoken to us and we've done nothing with it. And sometimes we get frustrated because what I'm dealing with today are people who are frustrated because things that they thought should have happened did not happen. Yeah. And that's because we don't understand the laws and the kingdom. One of the laws of the kingdom of God is the law of time. God does things in his specific time. There's the law of place. You have to be in a certain place for God to do some things. Have to be. There's the law of association. There's some people you have to be associated with, whether you like them or not. God never commanded us to like people. He didn't even command us to trust people. He commanded us to love. Love is an investment in people but the dividends are not always predictable. Yeah. You can share your love with people, but there won't always be a response. Like trust is an investment in character. When I trust you, I'm believing, number one, that you'll be ethical, that you'll be fair. But I've discovered that people don't always have the power to keep their words. So I've learned, number one, the necessity of discernment. So one of the laws of the kingdom of God is the law of place, have to at the be of a certain place. That's the law of silence. There are times when God makes a promise and He speaks, and there are times when heaven is silent, almost like brass, not hearing a word from God at all. And I'll discover that whenever heaven is silent, it's not that God is not speaking, but God has said all He needs to say. When heaven is silent, that's because we already know. Sometimes we can have the answer to our prayers and not even know it. So we talked about categories overnight that is, the people that feed you, the people that need you the people that encourage you, the people that help you, the people that can help adjust you. I'll share with you many times, there are three people that you need to have in your life. One is a resident skeptic, not a critic, but there needs to be someone in your life that can speak the words to you and some adjust you. Sometimes we don't want to be adjusted. We don't want people to say anything that we don't like. If you do that, you'll fall in a ditch. There are times when you won't see clearly so sometimes you need what I call a, conf- a confidant, someone who could just listen to you, and then you need a counselor, someone who can hear from heaven when you don't. In my life, there was always my wife. She was the one that helped adjust me and speak things to me, sometimes speak hard words to me. Today, it's my children, they're both lawyers, and my daughter's famous word to me is, Dad, get your mind right. Now, I'm the elder, and here my child is telling me to get my mind right because at times I know I don't think right. So we talked about categories. We've been talking a little bit about prophecy and prophetic language. And I want you to understand this, that when God speaks a word, a true word, you need to understand that what will happen in your life, there come things in your life that make you question whether or not you're heard from God. Yeah. Pastor Benjamin was telling me about his brother, came and gave a word out of Isaiah chapter 38, pivotal prophecy. Yeah. Because there was a time when God's people was in great distress. God gave a prophetic word about deliverance. But many times, God declares the end from the beginning, but he don't give the middle part. And the middle part has to do with process. God never tells you the things you must go through to get to where you need to go. Before you get to perfection, you must walk a while with mediocrity. Before you get to destination, you must walk with process. And for that reason, there's something called prophetic crisis. That is, God speaks a word. But the crisis that what we anticipate is not what we realize. And that's a problem for us. God promises to prosper you, but prosperity in God is not always money. Prosperity in God is wisdom and knowledge and understanding. Yeah. In fact, the Lord has been speaking something to me about the secret of the Lord. That's out of Psalms 24:14. Many times we wonder what we have to do in order to, number one, to achieve our purpose, to achieve our goals. God can give you wisdom and understanding how to navigate through life. And that's what my ministry is about. My ministry is giving you the words, the ideas, the concept, to help you make the right decisions and choices, helping to adjust you, not to destroy you, but to help you, help you see things the way God sees, help you understand prophetic promises of God, and to let you know that you can have faith and still have difficulties. But hear me carefully, one word from God can settle all controversy. I say to people constantly, God can compensate for our human inability. It's not by power, it's not by might, because God helps us by giving us the privilege to get answers to our prayer. Prayer is a redemptive privilege, but hear me carefully. Prayer is not only the words you speak, but it's the words you hear. Oftentimes when we talk about prayer, it means coming together, spend two hours talking, that's not prayer. If you speak an hour, you ought to listen for an hour. Prayer is a dialogue, not a monologue. It's a conversation you need to hear. You need to understand there's something called the contradiction in prayer. That sometimes we pray we don't receive the things that we think. But hear me carefully, God will always make provision for you. And every time I come to this place because this is a prophetic house. That's your prophetic house. This church is constantly switching new creative and innovative ideas. You're an evangelistic ministry. I heard Sonny talk about going to other nations. Most churches don't know anything about evangelism. The mission of the church is evangelistic. We're called to know him and to make him known. We're called to reach the world. It's not just about us. God has given us gifts and callings and ministry. So it's important that we understand who we are, what we're called to do and to be. Because one of the ways you please God is operating in your gifts. All gifts are equal in terms of importance. They differ in function. Yeah. No bishop is higher than anyone. I'm no closer to God than you are. They call me a bishop, an archbishop, so be it. My mother called me Kirby, that's the name I answer to. No gift is superior to the other. Our problem is that we diminish the significance of our gift by thinking they're inferior, not at all. So we'll call to go to the nations. We're called to do things that have not been done before. We're called to navigate through life. We're called to operate in the spirit, but we must know what we're called to do. I'm constantly asked by people, what is my gift? And I say there's some questions that if you would answer them, it would tell you. What is it that you do well? What is it that you do you're most satisfied when you do it? What is it that you do you're most creative when you do it? What is it that you do that other people acknowledge that you do well? Now what is it that you do you're willing to stand before God and say, this one thing that I do? I'm a dentist by training. I'm a prosthodontist. I'm good at what I do. Good at what I do. I do know that. Sometimes I say to my patients, you should be thankful that God has given you such a wonderful dentist. And they will say to me, but Brother Kirby, the word says you should let another praise you not you yourself. I say, yeah, but you're all too slow. So I have to encourage myself. If you know what it is that you do well, what is it that you do? If what you're doing always creates frustration, you need to relook at that. If what you're doing always creates unhappiness, you need to relook at that. And you need to understand there are times and seasons in God. Now, when we understand our giftings, when we understand our calling, what we're supposed to do, we need to understand something about God. I said to you, God is consistent, but it's not predictable. It's not like an ATM machine. You can't standardize God. I understand we believe if I do this, God must do that. It's not always the case. God, but there are some things we can do to cause God to respond to us wonderfully. I'll share with the people this week about the five love languages. Y'all have heard teaching on that? Yeah. Five love languages. There are things you can do toward people to bring out the best in them, yeah. such as you give them a gift. You say good words to them. You commend them for what they've done. You give them your undivided attention. That brings out the best in people. And you can know there are things you can do to bring out the worst in people. If you ignore them, if you don't compliment them, if you never give them a gift. It's not the size of the gift, it's the fact that you thought about it. But there are things that you can do to bring out the best in God. Hear me carefully, children. When you do things that please him, wonderful things happen. I'm telling you, miracles, signs, and wonders. I promise you, when God is happy, and the things that we do to make God happy, number one, is that when you give your word, keep it. The second thing you must do is that don't complain. God is big on not complaining because when you complain, you're saying he's not capable of doing what he said he should do. The third thing is that you don't remember what God has done. God is big on memory. He wants us to remember. In fact, I've been strongly encouraged in my time of prayer as having something called personal liturgy. Rather than asking him for things, I give thanks to the things that he's already done. I give thanks, not so he can hear it, but that I can be reminded. The time the Lord delivered, the time that he guided, the time that he did things for me, I did not know God could do for myself. God is big on that. And when you operate in your gifts, it's pleasing to God. Emulation without revelation frustrates you. You can't emulate the gifts and callings of other people if you're not gifted. You have to be content as who you are and what you do. That's who you are. And that's what we were doing this week. We were commending two saints of the Lord, two of our bishops, we commended them. And I'm very thankful that the Lord allowed me to be involved in their lives. I had the privilege of consecrating to the office of bishop. They really are, believe it or not, they're apostles. That's who they are. And I looked at all the people whose lives have been transformed by them. And we talked about why they were being commended. You know why they were being commended? They stayed true to the gifts and callings of God. They didn't allow frustration to come into their lives. Sometimes, children, you can miss it. Sometimes you cannot achieve the purpose of which you understood you ought to be doing. But the greatest thing you can learn to do is to forgive yourself. Learn to forgive yourself when you make a mistake. And here be carefully, just because you miss a mistake, that's not the end of the world. And so we talked this week about some admonitions of the Lord, some things that you need to do Because we're living in a time that people are quitting. People are giving up, they're frustrated with God. Can you believe that? Frustrated with God. Because they think that God has not fulfilled the promise he made to them. They think, number one, their prayers have not been answered. And because they're frustrated, they're stagnated. They don't step out anymore, they don't do things anymore because they're afraid. You can be horizontally stagnated and vertically stagnated. Horizontally stagnated when you don't trust people because people have violated your confidence. Vertical stagnation when you don't trust God. But you must understand something. What you start, you must complete. God is big on that when you make a vow. And so I've learned a principle, an admonition, he said to me don't stop doing what you're doing until the one who told you to start tells you to stop. Wow. That's simple. That eliminates every discussion. You don't need to pray. If God has set you in a ministry, set you in a place, you don't stop doing it, regardless how you feel. Yeah. Faith is not an emotional word, it's a conviction. Does not work by feelings because at times you won't feel anything faith does not work by popularity your life cannot be geared by popularity the fact that people say wonderful things about you whenever i come to california all i get is criticism say amen (laughs) nobody says amen say amen Amen. in fact if you could say amen one time could you do that oh say it again oh did you hear that lord i won't hear it again I've learned something about the fact of faith. Don't stop doing what you're doing until the one who told you to start tells you to stop. There's the law of association. There's some people you must stay associated with. i married many couples. Many couples I've married over the years. I say to them constantly, marriage is war. <laughs> Two selfish people coming together. Each one think they have a right to their own life, their own decision. The strength of marriage is not love, it's forgiveness. Forgiveness is not memory loss, it's memory without vengeance. You have to know what to remember and what to forget. And men, I will say this to you, you may forget your name, your birthday, and your first pet, but don't ever forget your marriage anniversary and her birthday. That's close to the unpardonable sin. You must understand that. So in a marriage, the strength of a marriage is not love. Hear me carefully, it's forgiveness. Learning to remember and learning to forget. Relational integrity. I have people that God has joined together and they allow the smallest thing to separate them. If you're in ministry, which you're in here right now, you gotta understand there'll come contradiction. People will leave you. People that start with you won't always be with you. You'll have what I call a John Mark experience. Sometimes people make a commitment for you and they won't keep it. That people for no reason will just leave. And you gotta believe that church is not just a holding place. Church is a receiving, sending place. So the Lord has told me, don't have emotional attachments to certain things. You better hear me. Don't have emotional attachment to a place, to a building, to a property, to a location, or even to a status, because the fashions of this world will change. I'll say this to you, God makes covenant with people Not with things, not with houses, not with lands, not with cars, because the fashions of those things will change. Not even with your job. So when all of those things change, his covenant with you will remain the same. God is well able to keep his word, children, but the way he keeps it is most unusual. And today I'm dealing with people who are frustrated with God. Because God has not done things they think he ought to have done. But you need to understand, the will of God will never take you where his grace won't keep you. Whatever God commissions you to do, he has empowered you to do. And if you spend less time saying what you can't do, you'd be amazed at what you can do. God has given you children. One of the things the Lord has promised me that he would take care of our seed. He will provide for their education and their training. He said, be mindful of them, pray over them, discipline them, and understand that God has given you to them. But know the events and things that you go through life. Sometimes they're necessary. Sometimes you have what I call as a setback. hear me carefully, the opposite of success is not failure, it's experience. There's some things you have to experience, some things you have to go through. I've spoken to people many times because I've been a part of one of the first megachurches in America. I've seen all kinds of issues, children, seen all kinds of things happen. I've seen every conceivable challenge that people can have. I've seen people come to the end of their life that had nothing. God is still Jehovah Jireh. He's still the Lord that heals. He's still the Lord that restores. There's nothing that's impossible with God. But my question has often been why God doesn't do something. I've learned about God not just from what he does, but what he doesn't do. Mm. Why do God let things happen? Why do he let us walk through some situation? Yeah. I'm dealing with people who suffered loss. I'm dealing with people in the midst of great medical situation, and they want to know why. As I said earlier, you can have faith and be sick. That's why when you go to your doctor, pray that your doctor will know what to do and what not to do. You gotta remember that, because I'm a doctor, and I can tell you at times I don't know, but one thought, one word from God can give me clarity. And if you take in medication, sanctify your medicine. That it will bring positive benefits and not the negative side effects. I deal with people who won't go to doctors because they think faith and medicine are contradictory. Not at all. God created medicine, children. He put things in this world for us, and we need to use all of it, psychology, sociology, all of those are benefits that God has set among us. So we're living in a time when God is doing miraculous things. In fact, we're in the midst of a reformation. God is doing things among us that look like anything he's ever done before, and one of the things that he wants you to get in touch with once again is the Holy Ghost. You need to learn how to integrate the Holy Spirit in your lives. You need to learn how the Holy Spirit works in your life. Some of you work through knowledge, the word of knowledge, a word of wisdom, discerning of a Spirit. Some of you have dreams. Some of you have tremendous intuition. Some of you are able to speak a word. Some of you sing. Some of you give, some of you are encouraging people. You need to know the people in your life. Who encourages you? And who discourages you? Sometimes I hope that one is not greater than the other. I know the people that encourage me who are a spiritual source to me. When I get around them, something happens inside. They can say words that brings joy and excitement. And then there's some people who can suck the air out of a room. I mean, I know what I'm talking about. They're just critical and negative. I have one of my brothers that I travel with. I told him, I'm giving you a dictionary for Christmas because you need new words to speak. So negative, so condescending, never can find. And you know why people are unhappy? You know why people are unhappy? Because they're disappointed with God. When you're happy with God, you're happy, you create a wonderful environment. Greed will consume you, children. Yeah. Jealousy will enrage you. Prejudice will blind you to the good in other people. Fear will torment you. But otherliness, when you're concerned for others, one of the greatest things you can do sometimes is reach out to others to give, to share, to give a word of encouragement, whether you like them or not. Yeah. I can't tell you how many people I've had to prophesy over this many years that I didn't like. <laughs> And that was a great challenge. I said, Lord, don't you know who this person is? He said, yeah, that's what I told Ananias about Paul. But he's a chosen vessel. God sees potential. And that's what he's given me the privilege to do, to see the potential. That's why when I speak to people, I use words. I'm speaking to potential. I'm speaking to possibility. And that's what I see before me today. I see potential. I see possibility. I know some of you are dealing with sickness. Some of you are dealing with challenges. All of us are dealing with challenges. What kind of challenge are you dealing with now? I go home. I got to deal with squirrels. I got to deal with birds. I got to deal with mosquitoes. I got to deal with flies. I got to deal with rain. I got to deal with weeds that grows in my grass. I got to deal with all of that. And you know who's going to solve it? It's going to be me. But I know that I'm called to help people find out where they are. Yeah. And I can say right now, some of you that are suffering sickness right now in your body, when you go back to the doctor, what they saw before, they won't see again because the finger of God is among us to heal right now. Now, some of you I know have different challenges, different areas, unimportant. Hear me, Catholic. One moment with the Lord, one divine idea from God can bring you in a whole different sphere of life. Learn to encourage yourself. Learn to strengthen yourself. Learn to know the people that God has put in your life to bring words of encouragement to you. And get to a place where you don't need the encouragement of other people. Learn to encourage yourself. Learn to say positive things about yourself. Am yeah. I making any sense to you at all? Any yeah. sense to you all? So I know I'm just in California. I know when I come to California, if I don't quote 10 scriptures, they don't think I preach. You know what I mean? You got to quote a scripture, Bible verse, etc. But I say the things that God has put within my heart. Yeah. I gave you a promise some time ago. I said the next stage would be without sweat. And it's been without sweat. Huh. I promise you. And you're coming into a different space of life. But there'll be changes. Changes. The landscape of our life is changing. Hear me carefully. The landscape of our life is changing. The people in our lives are changing. The events and circumstances in our lives are changing. But I say this to you, children. Don't have emotional attachment to things that change. Wow. Have emotional attachment to things that are of God. The fashions of this world will change. Whether it's your job, your houses, or land, unimportant him he kept it because what God has given to you, no one can take from you. I promise that. So if we will trust the Lord, and so I've come. I look forward to coming. All kind of difficulties were trying to keep me from getting here. It wasn't warfare. It was just Delta Airlines. That's all it was. About. There wasn't no spirit trying to hinder me. I don't believe the devil has any power over me. I don't know about you, but I've been born again. I have no generational curses. No devil has the moment over me. When I pray, I don't talk to the devil, I talk to God. Why should I be talking to a liar? That's why I don't talk to a lot of saints. But anyway, when I believe God, understand that? So I don't argue with the devil, I don't rebuke him. He has no power, he has no dominion. And whenever I preach, the last person he wants to hear is me because I know I'm going to focus the people upon the things of God. God's hand is toward you for good. God's hand is toward you for favor. And I wish I had the time to have each of you to stand and speak of the wonderful things that God has done for you to testify how God has intervened in your life. Every day when you get ready to preach, or get ready to pray, children, talk about what he has done for you. That's big with God. That brings out some, I can't tell you, it makes him happy. Makes him happy, the fact that you can remember and recite the things that he's done for you. What he said, how he brought you through, and don't complain. When you complain, it's like saying that he's not capable. He is capable. He can do all things and learn to get your attitude have an attitude adjustment faith works by attitude i promise you, it works by attitude having a positive attitude and learn to forgive people that have offended you forgiveness is victory over yesterday whatever has offended you actually forgiveness is the victory hope is victory over tomorrow and the reason you have hope is not because what's something's going to happen my faith is not based on what's going to happen children it's based on what has happened he's already come He's already destroyed the works of the devil. He's already given us hope and life. He's always pointed the way. He's already given us hope and courage and strength. He's done that. He's already healed us. If you're dealing with sickness, if he healed before, we can heal again. All things he can do. So learn to give thanks to what the Lord has said. Now this is a house, you call it lineage, lineage. I have a lot of terms I want to give to this ministry. It's creative ministry, innovative ministry. God has blessed you with wonderful leadership. He's put an evangelistic zeal in this place, and that's something you don't find all the way around. People want to reach out to nations. You go to places I never heard of before, never heard of before, and do things that God thought you cannot do. Hear me carefully. When you do what he's called for you to do, God will bless you, and I decree today, for some of you, before a month has come to pass, a provision will be made for you that was totally supernatural, and for some of you that are looking for jobs, I know that's something all of us can be looking for. I promise you, God is going to open up a door and be glad he shut the last door yeah. because that was not the one you should have walked through. I promise you. And that's why don't get frustrated with God, but don't try to standardize him, children. He doesn't do things the same way all of the time. Yeah. Blessings in God is not always finite. One word from God, yeah. one thought, one creative idea from God can bring you to a whole new dimension of life. And learn how to repair a relationship because there's something about peace. Peace is war, peace is where you put your mind. In fact, he said, if you keep your mind up on him, he keep you in perfect peace. Peace is battling with every idea that wants to enter your mind to contradict God. And some of you have to battle with that all the time. Don't let that come into your heart. And don't let any sadness, no dread, no fear, don't let any of that come down you. So these are the thoughts I want to share. I think my time is over here now. I just wanted to share these ideas and thoughts to you. Don't know if they had any meaning to you all because you do what all Californians do, you just look at me. Well, that's okay, I got two amens and I don't think I need no more. So I'm done with you this morning, bless you.